2: Oi. The boys and girls on Footy Prime on occasion are known to use vulgarities and frankly appalling
3: language And sometimes the tales can get quite adult in nature So keep the volume down if there are kiddies around And fa- thank you for listening
2: time to get
4: this started It's time to get this started
0: You know that we are the number one show So drop your fucking mitts and now it's time to go Cause it's the foodie foodie It's time to get this party started It's the
4: foodie foodie It's time to get this party started With Johnny, Jimmy, Crackers and Jimmy, Jimmy,
1: J.C. All we know and all we talk about is foodie foodie It's time to get this party started tonight
2: you're listening to footy prime news and dubs your one-stop destination for footy news and dubs yeah that's amy walsh footy prime your almost daily footy fix you guys ever get those those viruses on planes and you enter the plane and you feel just great you feel amazing and like you're gonna come home and you're gonna take on the world and then three hours into the flight like the sinuses start saying, No, 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 I'm gonna fuck you up. You're gonna have a shitty weekend when you get back there. You ever get those
3: ones? No,
1: no. Well, you no. guys fly first class,
2: <laughs> right? You guys fly in the front where it's better air, probably. Maybe that's why. <laughs> I feel like a bag of shit. Oh, you look great. Thanks, God. I appreciate Portuguese that,
4: shit, though.
2: So that's not great. Yeah. I, suppose, yeah. I suppose so, yeah. <laughs> anyway, it's fully prime, and I'm uh, back, and Jimmy's here, and Craig's here, and, and Dubs Hotel Dubs is here, JC is here. Wong is uh, on his way back from the East Coast. He'll be back in time for Monday. But yeah, I hope you're all doing well, Jimmy. I sent yes. you a picture this morning. I'm going to post it on the uh, on the Twitter feed as well, and in Instagram. We got your shirt signed by Ruby Castor.
1: Brilliant! You finally found them, huh? That was kind of yeah, like a, well where's Waldo for you?
2: Yeah, well, we didn't actually find him. So if you didn't know, I was in Lisbon recently doing some stories on Benfica, and Jimmy played against the great Rui Costa back in 2007 for TFC when Rui Costa played for Benfica and exchanged shirts. So part of this trip, a little storyline we're doing is is finding Rui Costa to sign Jimmy's shirt. But, uh, you know, it's a week of the Super Cup. Um, It's it's a weird week in Portugal because it was World Youth Day and, and all the... Portuguese Lisbonites. Is that what you call Lisbonites? They're all out of town, right? So it's all kind of messed up. So we couldn't find Rui, but we left the shirt there with people we trusted. And we've got a photograph today with the signed shirt. So we'll get that uh, back to where it belongs as soon as possible. But it's pretty cool. That shirt is now worth millions, Jimmy. No, because it probably swapped them. It's a
1: replica now. <laughs> yeah, probably. <laughs>
4: Are no, Lisbonites so, right, like Mennonites?
2: Lisbonites you just made um, that up, didn't you? Um, Mennonites? No, they're real
3: things. No, Lisbonites. <laughs> Lisbapudlians? Lisbonians? <laughs> I'm surprised Rui wasn't looking for you, Sharms.
2: You know he we bloody well should have been, shouldn't he? I guess yeah. our podcast doesn't reach that far just yet, but it will do. We'll get there eventually, I promise you. But yeah, amazing trip, amazing club, amazing city. And uh, we'll have to all go out there at some point, won't we? Huh? Do some some on-location pod records. From, it blew a tire uh, here. Deluge. Holy crap, that was the scariest, one of the scariest few hours of my life, driving to the Averia, which is where the Super Cup was being played. Um, we, we, <laughs> it's a three-hour drive, and, and we're driving in this car. We're going to post we'll do a video on this afterwards to kind of decompress. So we're driving with, with our, our driver, um, Diogo, who's just the loveliest guy you could ever meet but he also weighs about 750 pounds. <laughs> I've never seen anything like it, honestly. Um, cramped up in this car. But that's, 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 that's irrelevant. Really, it's not part of the story, but just to paint the picture. So yeah, but was it,
1: was, it, was it the front tire where he was sitting that popped?
2: Well, no, it wasn't, amazingly. <laughs> there's four of us, plus camera gear, plus Diogo cramped into this car, and he's, he, they, they drive fast in Portugal, right? He is belting up this highway at 180. And he's hitting turns and, like, the whole car's, like, leaning and we're like, holy, Jesus Christ. Steady on. And then then out of nowhere, bang. <laughs> and we're like, what the hell is that? And we look back, I see some rubber flying behind us. But he keeps driving as if nothing. So, <laughs> and there were Dean, Dean Blundell, and, uh, and our camera guys, Michael, and, and Jeff Nesco, of course, friend of the show. And uh, we're looking like, what, what? what? Diogo, like, he goes, oh, it's, it's fine. No worries. And, like, <laughs> it, it, it is not good. Like, that That was a huge explosion, it felt. Like, at 180, he drives for 20 more minutes. And then another bang. Go, 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 go. At that point, like, we pull over. Diogo, pull over. He's so calm as if this happens every day. Like he pulls over, like, with cars, like, bouncing and stuff through traffic. We pull over on the side of this crazy highway. And we get out, and the tire is absolutely shredded. Like, sh- <laughs> there's there's nothing left to it. I've got pictures. I'm going to post them as well. There's nothing left. Like, oh my god, like we are actually extremely fortunate. So, so we change the tire. Meanwhile, this car's flying by three inches from us. This, this narrow highway. We put the little small wheel on the spare tire, and um, we make sure Diego, Diogo, go, look. it's says eighty kilometers an hour maximum. Don't go faster. Oh, yeah, no problem. Then a hundred kilometers later, we're going along another explosion that blows as well.
4: Oh my God.
2: That one blows. And we're like, you got to pull over. You think so? Like, yes, we fucking think so. Pull over again. So he pulls over. That one's just done. Finished off the rim. Had to call uh, an Uber on the side of the highway. So this, this three hour journey took us like five hours to get to the, uh, The Super Tassa, Benfica-Porto. Amazing, amazing stadium. Amazing match. Incredible match, actually. And then on the way home, another Uber story, which is I won't get into right now. But, yeah, it was absolutely terrifying. We're fortunate we're even here right now, honestly. It was nuts. So that was my story, getting to the uh, Portuguese Super Tassa. Great adventure. It was an adventure, right? Yeah, yeah. But, yeah, what a place. It was fantastic. But now we're getting into Premier League gear, right? Starts as we can. We're going to look at the season very shortly. But before we get to that, Dubs, you're still awake. You had a long one, another early one. Yeah. Women's World Cup quarterfinals have begun and a couple of absolute doozies. By the way, should we start with the Sweden-Japan match? I, th- I think that's fair enough. That's the one. I think it's a better match, right? 2-1. Uh, I-, I didn't watch the entire match. I won't lie to you. Um, but I've watched extended, watch highlights, uh, extended highlights. Extended hmm. highlights. I watched that. And what I saw, it was incredible an amazing match in Sweden, absolutely brilliant and full value to get to the semifinals.
4: Yeah. So, so well-deserved. I didn't think though, that, you know, Japan would be sort of out Japaned, like Sweden took it completely to them and they didn't adjust or adapt the way I would have expected them to. So it was, it was two things. It was Sweden who had a game plan. They executed it to perfection They were on the ball. They dominated possession, which I was also not expecting. Um, And they were, they um, pressed high. They swarmed the ball. So when they did lose it, they were counter-pressing. And Japan to me, if there's a team that's press resistant, say other than Spain, it would be Japan because they're just such composure, such quality on the ball. But they were wasteful a little bit in possession more so than I'd ever seen them so far this tournament. I mean, they, haven't had a perfect tournament, but like as near perfect as it gets. Um, So it it was surprising to see Sweden be so dominant. I expected that Sweden's path to victory was going to be set pieces. And actually a really cool stat going into this game is that not only were they lethal on set pieces, like on attack and corners, um, any dead ball situations in the final third, but 27% of all of their shots that they generated thus far were as a result of set pieces. So it was not only just the set pieces themselves, but what was occurring after the fact. But they were just so much more than that. And they almost played a box in the midfield with Aslani, and um, Rolfa kind of drifting in, not, not inverted, but just as a way to prevent Japan from playing through them, to kind of clog up the middle. And what, But then it became not just um, a tactic to stop Japan um, sort of making them look vulnerable. It became a way for them to win the ball up high and to just go at them consistently. And then Japan pushed back a little bit in the second half, but, um, you know, it, it didn't really mean a whole lot. And there was like 10 minutes of added time, but they end up sort of squeaking one out, but very, very dominant by, by Sweden. And, and for me, like very convincing. So they're they're a veritable contender now, I think.
2: Well, yeah, I mean, Japan, what, a penalty off the bar, they got a free kick off the bar, off the keeper, somehow didn't go in. I mean, yep. regardless, had they have scored those two goals, would that have been unfair in Sweden, do you think?
4: Yeah, absolutely, because it was uh, a couple of substitutions. I think it was two things. It was um, Gerhardson, I mean, you say it all the time, you know, 2-0 is like the worst lead in sports, not just football, right? And he takes out the two players I just mentioned in, in Rolfa and Aslani, and he subs them out at around the 70th minute. And then um, Ikeda, for, for his part, for Japan, he made a mistake, I think, in not starting Junendo on that left flank. He brings her in at halftime. That starts to turn the tide a little bit. And then he makes another substitute for Tanaka, who has three assists. And he brought in um, Ueki. And she really kind of started to to right the ship in terms of the attack, providing a focal point. And it was like the, the two things, like bringing off Rolfa and Aslani, made Sweden sort of weaker down the middle. And then those other subs for, for Japan. Um, but it was really only... 20 minutes, maybe you know the if you count the added time, half an hour. But it was it was by and large it was all it was all sweet. And despite the two things that you just mentioned, the the free kick off the bar, and then the penalty that probably should have been converted as well.
3: So we're going to have a new World Cup winner.
4: Yeah, it's exciting, isn't it?
3: That is fantastic. That
2: it's good for exciting. the sport, isn't it? Shows how, yeah. how big the sport's game. Japan, they, they were the darlings of this tournament, weren't they? But now, is it is it Sweden who are the darlings of the tournament? Or is that still to be determined, depending on what happens with Colombia?
4: Yeah, I think still to be determined. I, I do think, though, that it'll be an all... Uh, like, uh, Forrest, you were talking in the dark web, that it could be an all-European semifinal. I think it will be. I think that France will take care of Australia, and I think that England will... I don't think they sail through, but I think Colombia is kind of reached the end, I think, of the run here.
3: Is Sam Kerr going to be able to start?
4: I don't know. I don't think so. No. They, there's there's, there been a lot of gamesmanship, you know, but, I mean, you see the buzz, like just Sam Kerr walking around. She's got her warm-up kit on, and then she's got her, her proper kit with her in the stadium, you know, 75,000-plus just come to life and start buzzing, and then they get that insurance goal against Denmark. And I think maybe they don't put her in, you know, like, cause you don't, do you need her now? Or, you know, the risk versus reward, do you put her in and she gives, allows her to get her footing and maybe just grow. And cause a calf injury, it's a bit dodgeball, right? Especially for a player like her who's so pacey, so explosive, like how fit is she really? Yeah. And then she has that awful fall that we talked about already, or you guys alluded to, and it did not look great. Will but, they um, miss James? Yes. England will miss James. But I think you saw Wiggemann pivot um, in the absence of Walsh. And I think they do a similar thing here in the absence of James. And I think that they cope. They have enough depth and quality to do that.
2: It's interesting with, with Sam Kerr, comes a point in a tournament where the team's doing really well without their, their superstar player. And obviously there's pressure to get that player back in there. But at some point, do you not start thinking to yourselves, listen, it isn't worth the risk right now. We're good without her. We've found a way to succeed without our star player playing, perhaps Mm -hmm. slightly differently. Um, A strong coach will realize that, will they not? And say, you know what? If you're 100%, of course you get in the team, but but we're not going to put you in there just for the sake of it.
4: Yeah, you hope that's what he's saying because, you know, they played a near perfect game against Canada. I don't think Canada played particularly well, but Australia played a very, very good game. And then they built on that. And they, the way that he shifted Van Eggman to the top, and then they have Ford and Catley on that left, left-hand side and Rasso on the right. If you put, you reinsert Kerr into that lineup, then it, it throws that balance off a little bit. So I think you keep them the same, at least to start. And then maybe you have a plan for, for using Kerr for half an hour, or you have a plan for putting her in at halftime. I think that's what you what you need to do there. But she's also Sam Kerr, so she's ready that's to go.
2: Precisely. And I, I mean, listen, put her
4: in there, right?
2: They're playing France right, and, and difference makers are, are so important. Right now, the odds is at plus 241 and Tony bet. Uh, France favorites at 118, just about, which is probably fair. Mm-hmm. But that's not obviously co- uh, taking into, into consideration the the home support, which would be fervent to say the very least
4: yeah what do you do jimmy as as a gaffer there
1: i don't know it's a difficult one because when it's when it's tournament play and your team start to get into a rhythm and they're performing winning games sometimes if you do have that superstar does it change the dynamic of the team Mm -hmm. and is it worth taking that risk it might work it might not but at least you know what you're going to get with the players that are filling in right now because the more you end up playing together as you guys know the the more in sync you become, the better rhythm you end up getting through through matches. And so I wouldn't start her. I think at some point during the game, you'd, you'd look to bring her on if you could. But I would, I would rely on the players that are in there right now because then you're showing a sense of loyalty as well, saying you guys have got us this far. You guys have, have gelled together. You've performed. You're scoring goals. Plus, they've got a clean sheet the last match. Do you mm-hmm. want to change anything?
3: I'd, I wouldn't change anything at all. If she was 100% fit, I would think you have to put her in. You'd have to figure out a way because she's that dominant, don't you think, Amy? But on the other hand, if she's not, I think the situation as it is, she can be, if she can come off the bench and give us some of Australia something, that would be the best case for now, I think. Yeah, but it's probably the fact is, if you do see Sam Kerr, it's because things
2: aren't going right for Australia let's be honest here, right? To, to risk her, um, it means they're down yeah. to France yeah. in the quarterfinals. Right? Yeah,
4: but yeah. I mean, I guess yeah, you're you're looking at her as a player and, and you don't want to to put her in a situation where she's going to make it worse and she's going to be on the shelf for a really long time. But like, I think if you, you're weighing risk versus reward, what do you have to lose at this point? Like if you're, say, you're down a goal or two at halftime, put her out there.
3: I wonder what yeah. Chelsea have to say about all this as well. <laughs> good point. <Yeah>. Fuck Chelsea.
2: <laughs> I'm pissed off with Chelsea right now. We'll get to Moises Casado yeah. later on. <laughs> God almighty, what a gong show. Um, Spain beat the Netherlands. Another really good one there. Uh, Van de Grot scores late in the game, playing up front. This is a defender. Oh, should mention... We, we should mention, by the Illestat, who's the defender's four goals in the tournament, could get the golden boot. <laughs> it's crazy, yeah. right?
4: Yeah, it's nuts. Yeah. And uh, she scores. So she, that was her 12th goal for country. And that's the lone goal that she's not scored with her head.
2: Really one-dimensional.
1: <laughs> yeah. That was a good match, though. I enjoyed that. I really like watching that Spanish team play.
3: Oh, they're brilliant, aren't they? They yeah, really they are really. fun to watch.
1: You know, like, I, I didn't understand what, what the manager did, though. You know, you've got 12 minutes of extra time to play, right? You know that that's, that's coming. And then you take off Bonmati, who's got a wicked engine, who's flying all around the pitch. You take off Hernandez. You take those two players off, and then all of a sudden, Holland scores, and you got 12 mm-hmm. minutes left to play. And I didn't understand those, that, that substitution, taking those two off. I thought, just ride them. The team's playing well. They're, there's no issues. You're not under pressure, and then you make those two substitutions, and all of a sudden, you know, the the tie changed and it went in favor of of Ho- uh, Holland. Mm-hmm. I didn't understand it.
4: Yeah, because uh, Berenstein had uh, had a couple of shots on that on that boot that could have changed the course of that game. Hey. Yeah. Yeah.
2: Great winner though, wasn't it? Was it parallelo? Yeah, she's
1: good. She's young too. What is she? 19? 19. 19,
4: yeah. yeah.
3: yeah wow. Has,
2: that's a winner fit to win any game, isn't it? Well, you, like so.
1: you think as well, Where was it, the 111th minute or something like that? And she's still going full tilt. Her engine is ridiculous. Still wanting to take players on. She must have ran, what, 40 yards to get that goal? 40,
3: 50 mm-hmm. yards? Yeah. When did she okay. – she was substituted on, wasn't she? I'm not can't, sure. I Can't remember when exactly, no. but what impressed me about the Spanish... She didn't is start though, did she? I don't think so, no. The urgency of the Spanish team in particular, the Dutch were pretty good that way too, but my goodness, they have a vision when they receive the ball. They never stop it. It's always mm-hmm. moving. Their coaching is excellent. Goalkeepers, I thought both sides, Holland and Spain were great. You had issues with,
4: uh, with the Netherlands keepers' feet, did you not, Forrest?
3: Yeah, she strikes a good ball, but it worries me a little bit that way. But yeah, her positioning and her... She's brave. Yeah,
4: mm-hmm. excellent.
3: Absolutely excellent. Spain's favorites to win the whole thing now. They, they've jumped over
2: England. Of course, England playing today, by the time we we uh, record Monday, I'm sure England will be your favorites if they beat Colombia. That's how it works. What have we done for me lately? But Spain right now are plus 185 and Tony Bet. England's second favourites at plus 251. Sweden, plus 453. Hmm, that's interesting. And France at plus 456. If you want to go in a real... You want to sprinkle some, some money, some, some hope here? Dubs,
4: no Colombia? No one wants to sprinkle anything anywhere. <laughs>
2: you don't want to sprinkle in
3: Colombia?
4: No. God.
3: Plus 3098. <laughs> <laughs> it's pretty decent, Dub. you know, you were talking about you know the Swedish league, and, and I know there's I think there's eight squad players playing in the WSL in England from Sweden. They do have some domestic players, but how that league has slipped down. So I looked at the coefficiency going back to 2005, and there was a number of Swedish teams in the top ten, as well as a couple of Danish teams in Norway as well. Mm-hmm. Fast forward. To well, if you'd come to this day and you've got Barcelona, Lyon, Wolfsburg, Paris, Bayern Munich, Chelsea, Arsenal, City, Juventus, Atletico, Madrid, not a single Scandinavian side. Yeah, it just shows you where the game's going and how these clubs are now just going, hold on a minute, there's something to be done here, and they're just the WSL. Killing it. I think it might be only come to the semifinals. There might be one player from the the American League. Otherwise, they're all playing in Europe.
4: Yeah. It's interesting to see the way it shifted. I think the Swedish league though, do they not, and you guys might know more about this than I do, because I think it's the same for the men's league, that there's that fifty one percent rule. That fifty one percent has to be owned by like the the part the supporters. Right. Um, I'm not
3: sure. I know that's
4: like, I think I was reading an article and they were, they were alluding to that, that that sort of stifles the growth a little bit and the investment in it. uh, If I'm not, if I'm not mistaken, but they also were pointing to the fact that the league has slipped and it's become a league that's more for homegrown players and development of of the youth than it is, you know, where they're, if you look at the national team where you're going to see like the, the big names toiling at home, you're not seeing that anymore in, in the Scandinavian countries.
3: Yeah, it it basically looks a lot like the men's game. Same thing, Sweden. Yeah. yeah, you know, domestic guys. Nobody great. All the Swedish players are playing yeah. elsewhere because the the money's not there. So, you got these big juggernauts, these massive brands and clubs now taking over. It's going to be hard for them to to compete. Well, Dubs, I know you touched it on uh, the last
2: broadcast, which is great, by the way. Really enjoyed that one. Um, Thanks, it was my, I, although maybe that's what got me sick because I listened to it on the way home yesterday <laughs>
4: <laughs> what the fuck is that supposed to mean <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> uh,
2: but no I, I think you should do one you know after the World Cup looking at um, the, the, the state of the women's game as far as internationally and NWSL of course is still enormous top quality you've got the WSL growing every single season um, and, and what with Project 8 you know coming to fruition in, in, in a year or two from now what is the the model looking like internationally? Where should the top players be going? Where do you recommend to the young players in Project Eight to, to you know further their careers? Is it staying in North America? Is it go to a European league get get Diana on there, um, yourself, Claire and Rian? I think it'd be a really good conversation. We tried it on the dark web before coming on there today, and you got all surly and angry with us. So <laughs> I think it's probably best that that you are surrounded by some more uh, educated voices.
4: Oh in, my in, God. <laughs>
2: Than us. Than us, not you. (laughs) Right. Yeah, that's
4: that's what you were getting at. I was, honestly. Yeah. No, I, I think that um I didn't get prickly, but I just I just think that the the league's finally coming. Let's allow the league to get its footing. Um, let's allow it to grow um and to hopefully prosper. And and to be that you know talking about Sweden and, and and those leagues they have their domestic leagues and and if that has shifted or pivoted and it's there for the development of the youth players as as infrastructure there to develop then great that's what Canada is desperate for, and then after that you worry about it being a springboard to to better leagues I think so okay. and were, whether that you weren't
2: prickly you weren't prickly <laughs> but you definitely bristled
4: I mean via tax. is it because I didn't say lol after my text. <laughs>
2: Give you, at least give us an emoji. It's hard yeah. to tell tone sometimes in the dark web, you know?
4: I usually do the straight-faced emoticon.
2: <laughs> um, okay, so when, by the way, when, is
4: emoticon.
2: <laughs> when is the next uh, broadcast, by the way? Have you gotten scheduled yet? No, I don't know. What are you waiting for? We're trying to give you a platform here.
4: I don't know. I'm waiting, for, waiting for direction, I guess. It'd be a
2: good one before the semifinals, I think. Yeah, That makes JC. It makes sense, doesn't it? Not confirmed. Yeah, <laughs> there we go. Everyone loves you guys more than us apparently. I'm seeing Twitter and stuff, and you love to remind us of it, don't you?
1: I know. Eh? You more, or I you're more or less telling us we stink. What was that? I said you're more or less telling us we stink. Me. <laughs> I in not. those tweets, you know
2: we hate those other other, shows, those but the teams, those shows other guys. Suck.
4: I think I know what you caught in a plane, Sherman.
1: Oh Arseolitis?
4: Yeah, her bitterness.
1: <laughs> okay, come on, Premier League, let's go. <laughs> oh, okay, Fred, sure. She's upset. Dubs, come on.
4: I mean, I think, like, how dare you, Premier League? The Women's World Cup is still going on. How dare you? <laughs>
1: yeah.
4: I love Seriously. the Premier League as much as anybody else, but fucking take yeah, a got... back seat for once.
2: I think you're going to be just fine in this conversation. Um, um I want to get to the, the Hopometer. hopeometer you drew our attention to from the athletic which is brilliant let's get to that in a little bit but first of all right now as it stands at the moment harry kane we believe is still in england the deal has been done but there's little some some finalizing of the deal um after he apparently wavered a little bit craig i'm not sure if he wavered or not i have no idea but it it, it seemed to me as if waffle (laughs) (laughs) waffle or a waiver
4: is there a difference i don't know when's Mm. tastier
2: the one's definitely tasty, Yeah, <laughs> love a good waffle in the morning.
3: Um, Aries is so uh, desperate for trophies. He's going to. He got to go to Bayern Munich to guarantee himself a league title. That's, that's <laughs> fine, but I mean, it's waffling, wavering. I mean, it, it couldn't have been too bad. You would think
2: that Bayern Munich were pretty confident of him agreeing terms when they kept negotiating, kept negotiating, right? With Bayern yeah. Munich, don't you think?
1: What's he waiting for? I, I don't know. It's a, it's a weird one. When you're going you're to stay at Tottenham win nothing? you got Bayern Munich, one of the biggest clubs in the world, that want you big time, are splashing a lot of cash for you, unless he's waiting for a bigger club in England to come along.
2: See, I read somewhere that there's a consideration that maybe other clubs were waiting for Bayern and Spurs to d- agree on a deal, so you know what the price was. Let them do all that hard work and then swoop in and say, we'll match your 86 mil and we'll keep you in England. Hasn't happened yet, just yet. So,
1: kind, of what, kind of the same what Liverpool's doing? Oh, my God.
2: The Moses casado situation. That was crazy. So Chelsea have been after this guy forever since last yeah. season. Um, they, they come close to an agreement with Brighton. Brighton have been waffling and wavering. Um, and then at the, the 12th hour, last night, just before I went to bed quite early last night, it, it's broken that Liverpool have actually agreed a fee with Brighton for Casado. And Casado is leaning towards Liverpool. But then this morning I wake up and now it's switched again apparently. Last I heard, he, he only wants to go to Chelsea and that was Fabrizio Romano, who's generally right about these things. Is it just Liverpool getting involved to push up the price, let Chelsea spend more money and then go in a different direction or have they been played here by...
1: No, they, they, they want Casado. They want him big time. They need him in the middle of the park. But with Liverpool, what was it? I read that $111 million that they bid for him now. But he still, yeah. but his heart is really he wants to play for Chelsea. But you've got McAllister, who's gone to Liverpool. One of your teammates, who you know and you're comfortable playing in the middle of the park with, and you're going to a monster club in Liverpool. Why would you not? Why would you not go there? It doesn't I mean, make sense. He, to me.
2: Well, he's, he's been talking with Chelsea for ages, for months and months. They've got a deal in place, or so we, we are told originally. So he's obviously been seduced by Chelsea for a while. And London compared to Liverpool. Let's just geographically, he's staying in the South. He's more comfortable there, perhaps. It's a different beast entirely playing in the north Northwest. I don't know. Maybe that's why. Neither team is offering Champions League football this year.
3: No, that's the other issue. I thought Liverpool said they weren't going to be bidding something in the 100 million range. That changed, didn't it? Klopp. Yeah, Klopp said a
2: couple of years ago yeah. if ever if ever they buy a player for 100 million, he'll have to quit because it's ridiculous. But this morning at he a walked press conference, back. he, he wants it back. Yeah, yeah he goes. You know, he goes. You know what? I was wrong. So fair play, Jurgen. At least he admits it.
4: Maybe they thought they were bidding for Linda Kaisado.
2: <laughs> Who's Linda Caicedo? Cus- oh, Linda Caicedo, Cus- <laughs> the footballer. The uh, she's great. Quite mm-hmm. the story.
4: Maybe she's going to Liverpool.
2: Maybe. Well, the, cheese, the, the women's team needs some players. But I don't think they're going to spend $100 million just yet on Linda Casado. Uh, given what they've, they've, they've put down on that team so far, I, I don't see it happening. I'll tell you this much, though. I mean, if they have that money available to them, it's going to be a crazy month coming up, crazy three weeks. Because the window doesn't close until uh, the 31st of the 1st, right? So you see a lot of big players move right to the very deadline. <laughs> yes, that's my dog barking. He's like, You're <laughs> laughing
1: Dubs?
4: Yeah. yeah. It takes very little to amuse me. I'm on like two hours of sleep.
1: <laughs> oh, normally well. normally that means breakfast, doesn't it, Charms? <laughs> yeah, it does. Waffles. <laughs>
2: <laughs> <laughs> but yeah, it'd be interesting because if, if they got that money available to them, there'd be other targets, you would think. I don't know who they're going to be, but um, that's why we do these preview shows and these preview seasons before the season opener, which makes sense. But as we all know, um, these teams could look very different by the end of August. So we'll do another one, then perhaps go team by team at that point. What do you think?
3: Yeah, yeah there's, there's going to be a lot of changes. There's, there's going to be
1: loads of changes. After the first couple of
3: games, of still figuring it all out. The Harry Kane thing they say is imminent to Bayern Munich. It's yeah. imminent now, is it? Yeah. But that word before.
4: Like, don't you think he's the perfect fit, though, to go play for Tuchel at Bayern?
3: Oh, he'll kill it. He'll yeah. kill it.
4: So again, I don't I don't get the reticence. Like, is it is it on his part? Because it like Spurs is seem seemed fine with it, right?
3: Yeah. I think it's his Spurs would rather sell him to somebody outside mm-hmm. the country. They don't want him coming back scoring goals. Yeah, because right. he knows if, if he goes to a bigger bigger club that he's gonna bang in goals in the Premier
1: League, you know that he can do that. But then I'm I'm hearing now that if he does go to Bayern, then Tottenham's going to go after Lukaku. Really? Yeah, because he works so well for Chelsea. Yeah.
2: <laughs> I would go for yeah, awesome I myself. I would. You know, John David's been mentioned as well. That's been uh, there's a rumor out there. Obviously, not as a replacement for Harry Kane. That's a bit unfair. But no, um, it, that 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 whole track's gone very quiet. The whole John David leaving Lille to the point where his manager last week said, "Ain't happening. It's not going to happen. He's going to be playing at Lille." to start the season so i don't know good for lil tough but but craig i mean to replace harry kane whoever it's going to be i mean that's going to be big shoes to fill obviously doesn't always work out
3: doesn't always work out they're not winning anything with the goals that harry kane given them. us so. that is oh, true no. yeah they've, they've
2: got a long way to go um all right, so, so Dubs brought our attention to this great little piece in The Athletic, uh, the Premier League Hopometer or Hopometer. <laughs> is it a Hopometer or Hopometer? Well, regardless, it doesn't really matter, does it? I think
4: it's it? a Hopometer. Oh, Hopometer. Sure. Yeah.
2: Not Hopometer? Because kilometer in no. England, you're kilometer. Or is it kilometer in England? Columbus is here, eyes. isn't it? Well, I don't know. Oh, shit. Shut up, Jimmy.
4: <laughs> but a hopometer <laughs> would be something that you do to, like, get your heart rate up. This is a hopometer. It's measuring hope.
2: Is that what is that what the US soccer <laughs> yeah. use for Hope Solo?
4: Yeah, something like Get
2: out that. the hopometer. How's she feeling today? Put her in gold. Get her those gloves.
4: It's like your driver. You hop up and down. You see how much jiggles, and if it's a lot jiggles, then you go back out and you run some more laps. <laughs>
1: <laughs> oh, Jesus Christ. I'll be running a little And lunch. then you skip <laughs> skip lunch and dinner.
4: <laughs> yeah.
2: <laughs> well, I guess it's not that important how you pronounce it. Um if you could explain, dubs, exactly what it is.
4: Right. So it's for it's the athletic that did it. So they were taking a look at the at the Premier League teams and they said the title is as the Premier League hope a meter how followers of the Athletic feel about their club's chances in the 2023-24 season. So green is optimistic and red is pessimistic. I know this is an audio medium, but it's going from most optimistic to least optimistic or most pessimistic. And at the top is Villa, 99% optimistic about their team's chances. Then Bournemouth, Brighton, Chelsea, Newcastle, Arsenal, I guess, we are going to be the top six. And the bottom is Jimmy Brennan's Forest Wolves, Crystal Palace, Everton, Sheffield United, and West Ham. And the biggest surprise I didn't mention, just out of the top six, Luton Town.
2: <laughs> amazing. Well, they can't believe their luck. They're in the ninety percent
4: optimistic. But it's yeah. amazing.
3: They're just happy to be there.
4: Mm-hmm. Exactly. Good for but, them. Yeah.
3: They're optimistic so. to finish twentieth. <laughs> yeah.
4: They're up there, right?
2: Yeah. Well, I'm not surprised. I mean, listen, Luton's a nice little story, but let's be honest. That's probably all it's going to be, isn't it?
4: Mm-hmm. I
2: mean, they're, they're a small club who their stadium isn't even ready to start the season. Um, you look at what they did. That they brought in some some big.
1: So start looking in the right place. With LinkedIn, you can hire professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash people today.
2: Names like Ryan Giles and Tahith Chong, Mads Anderson. So not exactly household names here. Um, according to transfer market, their, the total value of their roster is 61.2 million euros. And that's the lowest of any Premier League team since 2014-15. With Burnley, and they finished nineteenth that season. So, but Luton fans don't care. Like I said, this isn't like even a project to you know sustainability to stay in the Prem forever. It's, I think this would be a fun for for a year or so. So, what, why shouldn't they be happy? They should be happy. Should be pumped.
1: Yeah, I mean, look, let's be honest. They're in they're a situation. Like they, they know that they're they're not going to spend a lot of money because they know they're going to be coming back down as well. They can't sustain it staying in the Premier League. There's no way. That's why they, I think what the maximum they spent was like the highest transfer is four or 5 million.
2: Yeah, exactly. I think right? a long, yeah. Yeah. So yeah,
1: yeah. they know they're playing, they're playing smart. Now they're going to enjoy it. Get a little parachute payment and then start building.
2: I love that Villa fans are happy, though, so happy. And so they should be. They started the season so badly last year under Stevie Gerrard. In comes Una Emery, and then they turn it around. And after Christmas, one of the best, I think the second-best record in all of England, actually, uh, outside of Man City. And they've spent money. Moussa Diaby comes in for $55 million. So right back, Jimmy, a fullback, $55 million. Nah, don't even blink at it nowadays, do you? It's crazy. Paul Torres, center back uh, from Villarreal, three mil. Yuri Tillemans comes for free. He could have gone to a number of clubs, right? He's a good player. Yeah. And the fact that he chooses Aston Villa, Jimmy, that, that says a lot about Unai Emery in this team.
1: Oh, for sure. I mean, look, you look at last season, the way that Villa was playing as well towards the end, they they're playing some good football. They brought in some good pieces. They'll be, they'll be up there. They'll be up there throughout this season. I'll tell you one club that I like, and they always spend wisely, very, very wisely, is Bournemouth. And I like some of the additions that they got this year.
3: Yeah, they brought in a few. They have, yeah. About Emory yeah. though, remember when you took over? They had twelve points from thirteen games. He went on to win fifteen of the next twenty five. Yeah. And really impressive football. What a turnaround. You don't see that very often when managers come in. I think Tuco did it when he came in for Lampard. Generally you don't see that kind of improvement. But they were they were fifth best in the league since
2: Emory
1: took over. Fifth. Yeah. And they've, had some, they've added some good pieces. And yeah, that's a Diaby. thing,
3: too. The players can see that. The guy from Leverkusen, Diaby, 14 goals for Leverkusen, 10 assists. He's going to add something, too. they got some more depth. Yeah. A very exciting team to watch this year.
2: You mentioned Bournemouth, Jimmy. Uh, so, yeah, yeah they, I, I'm looking now. They have spent some money. Uh, Junior Triari, 25 mil from Sassuolo. Milos Kirkes from Alkmaar, 17.8. Romain Favre from Lyon, 15 mil. Justin Kluivert yeah from Roma, 11.2. I'm not going to pretend I know anything about these players. That would be a big bullshit to the audience.
1: Yeah, No, but a lot, of, a lot of them are kind of younger, maybe not proven. They got Alex Scott as well from Bristol City. They took Max Aarons. I don't remember if you guys remember, Max Aarons was actually linked with Barcelona at one point. Norwich, right? From Norwich, yeah. Mm-hmm. Norwich right back. So they brought in some good little pieces. And more importantly, the manager,
2: right? Yeah. Remember Gary O'Neill did so well. And I think a lot of people were surprised when, uh, when he got canned because he did do a good job there. And then they, they bring in one of the hottest properties in European football, Andoni Areola, um, who, who was great with uh, Rayo Vallecano. They really right. outperformed where they should be. He apparently he, he loves chaos. He prefers chaos to, to stagnation. They're a fun team. He'll play an explosive style of football. We'll see.
1: Could Who's the
2: new star on the Prem? The, the new manager are you Iarola. What a tit. Iarola, Iarola. <laughs> what what are you saying?
1: What a tit. <laughs> <laughs>
2: Oh, I see a ah, oh, you're making a nipple joke there.
4: <laughs> uh, oh my God, Sharms, you are sick.
2: I am. I'm, I'm, yeah. I'm, I'm totally missing this. Totally. It's going to right wipe my head. I've got a suspicion, though, though, that that might be a joke we hear more of over the coming months from Jimmy. That yeah. might be a, a name that we mentioned that he won't be able to contain himself every uh, single time.
4: He manages a really perky side. <laughs>
2: <laughs> yeah. Bruh. Bruh. Uh, Ah, <laughs> oh, oh, bra bra as in a Brazier. Uh,
4: <laughs>
2: <laughs> yeah, he loves a double pivot. <laughs> yeah. There's probably more jokes out there which I'm sure we'll will investigate in the coming months. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> God we're fucking idiots. <laughs> I love the one with one of the one of the people that hate us, but love Amy. Um, they were saying how, how they hate this podcast because uh, we, we go too far off topic. Sometimes don't know where they get that idea from. But anyway,
4: <laughs> that is why uh, okay. I love this podcast.
2: That's how, Isn't that kind of what we do? I love it when people say you guys don't do this enough. Like we've never been any different. No, it's always. This is just what it is. Either it works or it doesn't work. <laughs> you decide you don't have to press, press play. You just stick to the the broadcast, the good one. We don't care. <laughs> um, so Villa Bournemouth, yeah, they're optimistic. Brighton optimistic as always. They still can't believe the luck, right, Brighton? They still can't believe the, the, the superb football they play. They're brilliant manager. They can't believe the young players they bring in who we can't analyze because we don't know who they are, but they're going to be brilliant. I love that the optimism st- still surrounds Brighton this season. Yeah.
1: What about James Milner as well? Still gone, Incredible, isn't it? Good for him.
4: Do you think that'll end well, though? With Milner what? at Brighton? Like, do you think how, he'll how would figure it not, in? Like, like a, well, like I just it. just, like, do you think he'll play? Do you think he'll play have a prominent role?
1: I think he's going to have to play a role in the dressing room as well, on the pitch. And I think it, it helps as well because he's coming from a club that plays great football, Liverpool.
4: Mm-hmm.
1: And... Brighton's very similar as well, the way that they like to play. So I think you'll fit in, no problems. But will he play, you know, 30 odd, 40 games? No. I don't I can't see it. But I think you'll you'll
3: play a role, that's for sure. So I thought they, you were they referring lost to a sex Callister, scandal. but they, uh, <laughs> they they brought in Pedro. So fingers crossed. Yeah.
2: <laughs> um yeah, so some of these players so they brought in guys that again, please correct me like if you guys know anything about these players, you go right ahead. Um, I know the bare minimum about these players, but I bet they're really good because it's Brighton. It's what they do. Uh, Joel Pedro from Watford. Actually, I know a little bit about him. He he was very good at Watford, 34 million. Yeah. Um, got a new keeper in Bart Verbruggen from Anderlecht. Uh, Igor from Fiorentina. He's a centre-back. Of course he is. If your name's Igor, just Igor, you can't just be anything Igor? but a centre-back. Yeah, just Igor. You, you couldn't be a scheming midfielder, could you?
1: Yeah. No. But then his, his last name. What's his last name? Julio. He just says Igor. He just <laughs> it's says
4: Igor. Just Igor. No, it's
1: e- Igor Julio. So he can be a midfielder if he puts Julio on the back.
4: <laughs> Wait, are you just making <laughs> up the fact that If he's got Igor, Julio? he'll
1: be he'll be a centre back. <laughs> it's a great point, isn't it? Yeah,
2: they should have that. Actually, Forget numbers, it should be the name should differ depending on where they're playing on the pitch.
1: <laughs> 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 yeah.
2: yeah. <laughs> Uh, Mahmoud uh, Daoud, sorry, from Borussia Dortmund as well, another interesting signing. But I tell you, to replace McAllister and replace Robert Sanchez, even the goalkeeper, who was great last year, Craig, um, yeah. and, of course, Casado's on his way out. I mean, they are an enormous holster to fill. And plus, Deserba, you've got a feeling that if we saw it last year with Graham Potter, if a big club gasses their manager early in the season, De is going to be right up there, isn't he, as, as
3: first choice, you would think. Yeah, they've got that to worry about, but they've been there before. That's just the nature of the club and that's the size of the club that they're, they're willing to, to work with it. But every time they shift off a manager, they seem to make 10 or 20 million off it. So that's not bad. Good business model, that's for sure. I see oh, Chelsea yeah. fans here. Chelsea fans are optimistic.
2: 92%. I wonder if they can name their starting 11. <laughs> <laughs> it's crazy. God. I don't know what that team, that team could be a world beater. Or they could be in the relegation. I have no freaking clue.
3: No. The women will do the well, though. Again.
4: Yes, we have three they Canadians will. playing for them. Yep.
2: Of course, we're talking about the Premier League right now.
3: <laughs> well.
4: <laughs> I didn't even say it. Craig Forrest. I know.
3: It. I know. She, you had that look on your face.
4: <laughs> we're reading each other's thoughts now, Forrest.
3: Yeah, that's right. <laughs> There's nothing wrong with that. <laughs> well, okay. Chelsea are going to do well.
2: So, what are you honestly? What do you think about Chelsea <laughs> this year? The men's team. What, what do you think about Chelsea this year? Really, I mean, with, there's no doubt. There's great talent coming in. Already, Nuanku, though, he's 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 out for a few months with the knee injury, which is a real shame. Um, they've got a great manager in Poch, Tino. Um They're going to finish top half, obviously. Well, I say obviously, probably. Can they can they make a run for the top four?
3: I'm not sure about that. Isn't this the fifth year in a row they've started the season with a different manager? I think it is. Wow, I don't know, but that makes about it, sounds about nuts. right. It's nuts.
1: It's crazy. You don't know with this. You never know with Chelsea. You don't have a clue. look at the money that they spent the most in the Premier League last year, and they stunk. A and now the older manager spent more money. You don't know what they're gonna do. You have no they idea. sold though. They sold so many too out. Havertz,
2: Mount, Kovacic, Loftus-Cheek, Kulibali, Ampadu, Pulisic, Mendy, Emmerich Aubameyang, uh, Aspilicueta, Kante. That's just a few of
3: them. That's amazing. Mendy and uh, Kante went to Saudi Arabia. Mendy's uh, fallen on his feet there. He's <laughs> money no, re- a Koulibaly as well. Yeah, that's right.
4: Wait, what does "falling on his feet" mean? He's landed on his feet, or he, what are you saying? Is this positive or is this negative?
3: It's good for him.
4: He's fallen on his feet. Okay.
3: What, Mandy? Man, yeah. yeah, that's what I meant. Yeah. No, that's right. Though I think it's the
2: right saying, but it's good to ask the question, Dubs.
4: I've never right. heard it said that way.
2: I guess you want to. Leave, you do want to land on your You're feet, ideally. do on you. his
4: feet. Yeah. yeah. I wasn't oh, being a dick. I was just, I was, I was honestly like, what are you saying? A dick is this, is this good dick. or is this bad? Double
3: D, D dubs the dick.
4: <laughs>
2: <laughs> uh, okay, so that's Chelsea. Um, all right. Arsenal, I mean, I'm trying to be a little bit different to other, other podcasts. You want Arsenal previews? You no, know, they're really good. They signed some really good players. Um, Can they close a gap enough on on City to cause a problem, do you think, Jimmy, given what they did last year and and how well well they did it?
1: I think so. I think they've brought in some good pieces. Very good pieces. Um, They look good. Even throughout preseason, I thought they looked very, very good. I like the way that they're playing. And I definitely think they're going to give Man City a, a run for their money this year.
3: I think that the depth was a massive problem for them that they've recognized. When you look at Saliba, yeah. was injured for the last 11 games. Uh, um, Tommy Asso as well was out. It's Saliba, he's They're ridiculous, players. by the way. What a player. Yeah. Fucking they brought up. They brought in Timber, they brought in Declan, they brought in Havertz. I think these are really good players. The goalkeeper, Raya, to challenge Ramsdale. Interesting. Turner, obviously the American number one, not fancied at all. And off he goes to Nottingham Forest.
4: What do you think there, Jimmy? Turner at Forest.
1: I like it. I like it. You know, and he seems – listen to his press conference and that. He seems like he's really keen on the move. And he's wanting to push for that that number one spot and take it. He's a decent keeper. He's a good pro.
3: He's a good pro. He's a a good good human being as well. No problem yeah, he's there.
4: Prod, he's a good human being. Does that mean he's locked in as a number two? That he's not, not going to give you any it? trouble.
3: He's not going to give you any trouble. Yeah. yeah. I couldn't give a shit if they're a good human being or not.
2: <laughs> to me, it's all fiction football. Right? It's fiction. They're like comic books heroes. It doesn't really happen. I just enjoy watching them. If some guy raises lots of money for charity, well, that's nice. How many fucking goals did you score? <clears throat>
3: you're missing the big picture am I I
1: don't think he gives a shit about
3: the big picture
1: no I really don't I really don't
2: uh, we've got a couple of uh, tweets here from people uh, Carrie, hey, if, you're a ma-
3: if you're a manager if you're a manager <laughs> would you rather have a dick come in that's stirring the shit everywhere causing all sorts of trouble or would you like somebody to come in and be a good professional challenge um but give you no trouble. Well let me ask you
2: Craig when uh, your old team West Ham signed Pelé were you concerned about his fascist roots?
3: Oh, I didn't know question. he had a fascist <laughs> roots then.
1: <laughs> and then when you found out that he did, did you still like him?
3: <laughs> <laughs> you yeah, when he shit. did the uh the the Nazi salute when he went back to Italy uh, wasn't so great. Lazio.
1: You must have known, known that when you went for a handshake and he was giving you a salute, something like that. Yeah.
3: Jeez. <laughs> Jeez. No, Harry, liked, Harry, didn't, Harry didn't mind bringing in them because, let's face it, we didn't have the pocketbook at West Ham that most clubs did. So if he saw some value in somebody that was a bit of a problem – at clubs, uh, he would bring them in, no problem. Marisa Ruddick, bring him in. Palo de Canio, bring him in.
1: Yeah, but that, I think that also shows a little bit of confidence in a manager of who you are when when Harry would take anybody, wouldn't he? All those like bad eggs that he thought are bad eggs in the Premier League, and Harry was like, fuck, I'll take them. Because he could work with them. He was a player's <laughs> manager, wasn't he? Were you Were you a reclamation project, Craig, in Harry's eyes when he signed you? <laughs> yeah. There's another one. Let's take them.
2: <laughs> Those uh, fucking Canadians—they got some history. They got some skeletons in their closet, have not they?
3: Yeah, I might have been a brown paper bag, but I don't know about that.
2: <laughs> <laughs> um, Carrie, uh, no official nickname, Carrie, um, of the supporters' club, of course, uh, has, has a, some, some great questions here, including, "What's your favorite cheese?" Mm. Um, which is a got me thinking. I had an amazing camembert sandwich before I left uh, Portugal yesterday. And it was, it was life changing. I love my cheese, variety of cheeses, but I got to tell you, camembert, it's it's so decadent, it's so rich. It, you can have it melted, not melted, on, on, on a baguette by itself with some jelly. Oh my god, it's incredible. So I think camembert might be my go to cheese.
1: Okay, now his breath must have been like a green bin. <laughs> 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 no, wonder, no wonder you it's got sick on the bin. plane yeah. oh, <laughs> No wonder nobody was sitting beside you,
4: well, what what you what, I,
2: I was hoping it would act as a binding agent
4: Oh, so great
2: I, I, I hate, hate, hate going to the washing home on the plane So it, it, that, that worked, success Mouth like a green bin, that's amazing I've heard that before <laughs> 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 That's one of my favorites, going to start using that What's your favorite right. cheese, Dubs?
4: Cashew cheese.
2: Oh, God, of course. What it's is so the point?
4: <laughs> it's delicious. It's like a soft cheese. Bellin. Oh, <laughs> fuck. <laughs> Walked right into that one. Oh,
1: yeah.
3: dear. You hear me smell like cheese a bit sometimes. <laughs>
2: <laughs> any other, before we get back to the football, any other um, cheese?
1: Parmesan, here?
3: Parmesan is my like one of my favorite. I like a little. I like brie. <laughs> Brie's a nice <laughs> cheese. It's a fine line between the
2: brie and the camembert, though, right? Isn't it? Mm. Stilton, nice. nice. A, good, a good, a good, sharp Stilton is is yeah. amazing. Yeah. Absolutely. Mm-hmm. I love a good blue cheese. Actually, wouldn't lie to you. I like a strong cheese. Yeah.
1: Hmm.
3: Um. JC, you well, know you want to get in there. I'm I'm lactose intolerant, but interesting that you mentioned camembert uh, is basically virtually lactose-free. So I could really have myself a sandwich with camembert and maybe some brie because it's also lactose-free. Hmm. Is it really? Well, that is interesting. You know, no, one else is lactose-free? Cashew cheese. Mm-hmm. And taste-free. There it is.
4: No, it's not taste-free.
2: Really? It does taste- it's not, it's not just texture?
4: No, like, it tastes good.
2: Okay, no. That's good to hear. I'll give sponsorship, a well, sponsorship opportunity. Cashew yeah. cheese. We're That's up right.
4: for it.
3: Yep. Yep. That uh, looks really Arborot. tired right now. <laughs>
4: <Yeah>. <laughs> I can add enough. <laughs>
3: Jimmy's going to get some head cheese. <laughs> <laughs>
1: <laughs> <laughs> Not to go
2: far. Um, Carrie also asked, um, as we get distracted here, um, let's all give our prem picks for this campaign. Who'll finish in the top six? And in what order? We've got um, TonyBet.ca had this. This very bet. <laughs> So um, the favourites to finish in the top six are City, obviously, Arsenal, Liverpool at third, uh, United, Chelsea, and Newcastle. So Spurs, Villa, Brighton, uh, not according to the odds, they're going to finish just outside the top six. So, you know, we're not going to hold you to this, guys, but do you have any disagreements with, with who will finish top six out of City, Arsenal, Liverpool, Man United, Chelsea, and
3: Newcastle? No, I don't. I think that's very – I think I would have picked that myself. Yeah. I I think that's pretty accurate. Pretty accurate. But we always get a surprise. Always get a surprise. And who Who, will that
1: be? Who who do you think the surprise team would be?
3: I think – well, last year we look at Brighton. They finished uh, sixth, didn't they? And I think Newcastle was a surprise last year, to be honest with you, as high as they did. Um, Top six, top four for sure. But I would say – Yeah.
4: What about no, Villa? Do you think that Villa? Could we talked about Villa already? Could they sneak yeah. in there?
3: Yeah, yeah, I like that's it. a good show. That's a
1: good show. I, I think, think they're that,
2: the one. I think Villa's yeah. the one that could sneak in there. They could be the surprise package this year. That's a dark horse.
4: Yeah. I bet all my vegan cheese on Villa.
2: All right, See? Nothing, nothing to lose there, Dub. So you're good. Yeah.
4: Mm. <laughs> I'm gonna um, smear I actually, it all on Villa. <laughs> <laughs>
2: <laughs> You're getting delirious now, aren't I you? I know. Uh-huh. <laughs> what an ass. <laughs> We're almost done. We're almost <laughs> done. Um, actually, Scott Thompson, he asked us, uh, can Newcastle remain ahead of schedule and a top six disruptor? Or will being in four competitions and maybe not, such a surprise package, see them take a step back? It's a good point, right? They are playing Champions League football for the first time in a very long time. Um, so to contain, maintain top four football, or top six, I, I think they'll do that, but top four, and have a run
3: in the Champions League, Craig. That's a challenge. I think so. I think you're right. I think they're going to finish fifth or sixth and outside the top four because of it.
4: And who's that? Spurs.
3: Uh, Newcastle.
4: Newcastle. What do you, you? What do you guys think about Big Ange at Spurs? Do you think they get a bump?
2: That's a great question. I like Big Ange. He, he's so he's very impressive. Right when he speaks, he's one of those guys you just listen because he's got that booming voice, a presence about him. Um, no one. No one backed him at Celtic, did they? When he came there, he'd be coaching in Japan and Australia and just straight away got that club just turned around. Um, he could be the surprise package, Spurs. They, everybody, this turns Kane, the club, everybody
3: turns their career around when they go to Scotland. Yeah, Brandon <laughs> Rodgers twice, maybe. Yeah, Gerrard. Yeah. yeah, it's interesting. Um,
2: I hope he does well. You know, if Spurs spend the, the Kane money well, they've already brought in James Madison. That's a great signing. They might be a surprise package. I mean, I'm not talking, you know, title winner here, but they might find a way to sneak back into the top four. But they better replace Kane somehow with a couple of decent players, right? And that's in the past. They've shown they can't do that. The Gareth Bale money was just frittered away.
4: Frittered.
3: It's sad, isn't it?
1: Yeah, <laughs> I do think I, I do think Newcastle added some good pieces, though. You keep saying all burning. these
4: pieces without naming the pieces. Give us some Who pieces, are these pieces say, Jimmy. You're talking about
1: Harvey Barnes. Good piece.
4: Mm-hmm.
1: Uh, Sandra Tonali. Great piece. Mm-hmm. And Livermento from Southampton. <laughs> mm, liver.
4: Livermento. It'd be like the worst Mentos in the back.
2: Mm. <laughs> <laughs> liver. <laughs> Would you like a Livermento? <laughs> <laughs>
4: <laughs> that would give your breath a green bin allure wouldn't it a liver they wouldn't Minto's. sell would
2: they they just no. wouldn't sell
4: they would not be the fresh maker <laughs>
2: imagine pitching that at the, the board meeting we've got a new uh, flavor we think it's doing really really well um, are you ready for this
3: <laughs> liver
4: <laughs> one word liver <laughs>
3: <laughs> so
2: stupid <laughs> uh-huh. liver mento is my new favorite player
4: <laughs> me too
2: it's brilliant oh livermento um they also got uh yakuba minte. <laughs> <Yucuba> minte. <laughs> what's going on here what, what's happening newcastle they're gonna,
4: be, they're gonna be a really fresh side
2: <laughs> <laughs>
4: oh my christ
2: oh my god livermento <laughs> and minte. well wow. but but <laughs> <laughs> but, but they haven't they haven't sold to uh, they lost san maximum to uh, to saudi arabia chris wood to
3: kidding. forest
2: to forest for 17 mil yeah um <laughs> wood chris wood should play at forest yeah <laughs> right? 17 million i can't <laughs> yeah, believe he he gets he it
4: yeah at forest, yep
2: yeah he's a he's a club meant for him <laughs> <laughs>
4: And if you were Chris talking would, about if, a special package. It'd be Chris Wood.
1: <laughs> <yeah>. <laughs> if,
2: if
4: Chris Wood falls
2: in the forest, but no one's watching, does he actually fall?
3: <laughs> <laughs> don't know, but he has wood. Yeah. He,
1: gets good wood on upright,
4: his shots. he
3: plays upright.
4: He does. Good attacking thrust.
3: <laughs> I would
1: love to see him in a dress room. At right Addie's.
2: <laughs> oh,
4: <shit.
2: laughs> Um... Yeah, but you know what they haven't but they haven't actually spent crazy yet Newcastle. They're still waiting right, they're doing it the right way, it seems. Mm-hmm. Um they're spending lots of money. Listen, Harvey Barnes forty four mil tonali was what, seventy mil or something close to that?
0: Yeah, thank um,
2: So yeah, they're uh they're good. They're pretty good. Um all right. Anything else you want to get to before we get to uh, to footy picks? Any more liver jokes, <laughs> mints, wood, anything? All out? Yeah. All out. All right. All right. So uh, let's get to some uh, some footy picks, shall we? Are
3: you ready? Um yes,
0: DJ
2: Thanks for day, yeah. Thanks. You're I you.
4: It. <laughs> done um,
2: yes. Okay. So we are going to... I've oh, just been logged out here. Damn it. Hang on. This is for TonyBets.ca. We're going to do our weekly parlay, but we'll keep it just Premier League today, okay? First weekend of the season. Uh, so I hope you've got your games up there. I will punch in the bets once I log back in here. Bear with me. I can't type. Jesus Christ. I'm the worst under-pressure typer in the history of typing.
0: Oh, fucking hell.
2: No. Feel free to
3: fill the dead air there, guys. Thanks. <laughs>
4: It's part of oh, what do you putting want? you under pressure.
3: <laughs> because it is. You want a couple one, of games? I'll give you a couple of games. Let's see. Uh, I, I, I don't want to I want one. Arsenal, 3-0 over Nottingham Forest. Okay, so. Oh, yeah? Bax has taken
2: Arsenal <laughs> over but Forest. Forest. Wow. That was my game. <laughs> well, wow, guys, you're really going on a limb here, aren't you? Uh, yeah. By the way, Wonga, Wonga, who is absent today, screwed us last weekend, Dubs. It wasn't you. We all crushed it. He screwed it with the first game of the weekend as well. I forget what it was now. Do you remember?
4: It was Forge. It was Forge against It was Forge.
2: That's right. It was Forge. And
4: we so lost 3 0. Like, Craig's this taking my Arsenal. sure bet.
2: Yeah. Minus, no. minus 526. Thanks, Craig. Uh, over Forest. So that's the first bet of the parlay on Tony Bett's dossier.
1: Yeah, I've got one for you. Bournemouth, okay. Bournemouth over West Ham.
2: Atta boy. That's more <laughs> like it, Jimmy.
3: Quite Plus 170. Stick it up your ass, Brennan.
2: Plus 170. Jimmy's got Bournemouth over West Ham, a shocker to start the weekend, although not much of a shocker. West Ham on the road, at plus at 162. So uh, only slight favorites there. Um, Dubs, what do you have?
4: Um, sticking to the Prem, obviously. I'm going to go France over Australia. <laughs> oh,
2: thank Sorry? you. Okay. You, you can no. if you like. You want to do that?
4: No, no, I'm not going to oh, that. Okay. Um, Liverpool over Chelsea.
2: Ooh, the Casado Derby.
4: That's right.
2: Hey, it's plus money. Plus 146, they're paying on the road. That's favorites over Chelsea, which is surprising. Um, JC, Wonger is is absent. Do you want to fill in for him?
3: Yeah. uh, So we got, it's actually the Wonger-JC Derby with Brentford and and Spurs. Um, But I think I'm going to go, I think Wonger and I can come to a, I'm going to go with a draw. That, okay. For who? Which is for well, <laughs> thank you. But it pays plus two sixty two, which is
2: which is pretty good. Okay, absolutely. Okay, that's a good one there. Like that's interesting. It. I like that. All right, let me take a look here. Um, okay, here's one for you. Um, so the Blades, Sheffield United, promotion club, up against Crystal Palace. Roy Hodgson still in command there. They've lost. Zaha, oh,
3: za, za, history.
2: You always get a bit of a result, right, in the first game back in a new league. And the Blades aren't strangers to the Premier League. They're playing plus 212 in this one at home as well. I like the Blades against Palace. I think this could be a long year for Palace. Mm.
4: I've
2: got a suspicion. So um, there's some value there. So, okay, we have Arsenal over Forest. We have Bournemouth over West Ham. We have Liverpool beating Chelsea. We have Brentford Spurs draw. And we have Sheffield United over Crystal Palace. Parlay then together, you get odds on TonyBet.ca of plus eight thousand eight hundred twenty-seven. We we'll put our weekly five dollars down on that, and we can win four hundred forty-six dollars and
3: thirty-five cents. Mm. Yes, Vegas, that's a baby. lot of Vegas. cashew
4: cheese. I'm so excited.
3: <laughs> we cheese. What, we're, we're eight wins and two losses, and we come up with nothing. Mm.
4: Only
3: yeah. because of two people letting us down, though. That's right. It's a long season. It's a long
2: season. By the way, all these games, as you know, you can get on FuboTV.com. dot com. Subscribe now, FUBOTV.com slash 30 prime throughout the entire season. Premier League football every single week, plus Canadian Premier League. Jimmy, how many games are you on this weekend?
1: Uh on Sunday I've got the match of the match of the week. Because Which I'm is, actually is. I'm actually leaving in 10 minutes to go to Ottawa because my son's got a tournament up there. Oh, nice. And yeah, and then I'm back Sunday morning and then Pacific plays Ottawa at 4.30 on Sunday, which should be a good match. Mm. And Dubs, That's, your next uh, job is at what the, time tonight?
4: The Mary Merriman-Ingham Derby, right?
2: Merriman-Ingham Mary- right. Derby, yeah. yeah. Nice. I'm very
4: interested is, in that game. Is that
2: what it's called? I bet you are. <laughs> Where's your money on that one, there, Dubs?
4: I think, given recent form, I think you have to put it on Atletico.
2: Oh, nice! Look at you. Oh. I thought you were like all like footed fo- out and just could focus on the Women's World Cup.
4: Lots of lots of space in this is your coconut, James Sherman.
2: Nice one. Glad to hear. It. When yeah. are you back on the airwaves?
4: That will be, I believe, three AM.
2: Three. All right. I... See, that's tough. So you haven't slept. So you're going to be going to bed straight after this.
4: That's the idea.
2: Will yeah, you be successful? a.m. Do you think?
4: Uh, probably not.
2: Mm-hmm. So you like just like nap here and there throughout the day until 3 a.m. And you're going to be a disaster by tomorrow is what you're saying. Yep. And then you're back home for a couple of days?
4: Back home for a couple of days and then back for the semis.
2: hmm Yep. When you do go and- home between games, I mean, how how do you feel? Do you feel like just a, a zombie still? Have you felt – when was the last time no. you felt like Dubs?
4: Oh, I actually felt pretty good when I went home last time. We were up at the cottage for my dad and my brother's birthday. They share a birthday on August 9th. So we were all up at the cottage and that was great. Um, yeah. And I felt good. And I, like I slept normally, you know, like that's always the fear is like you're on the, these weird schedules. And then like when it is time to sleep, then you don't sleep, but I've been able to sleep. So that's been good.
3: You get lots of exercise. and I think that helps.
4: Yes. <laughs> 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 I would like just a Craig Forrest voice like throughout my day just to chime in with like a PSA I would love that I would pay I would pay good money for that
2: but, I mean the working out <laughs> does does help right like you have yeah, to work out in so. these situations I would imagine
4: yeah I think it helps to sort of reset the circadian rhythms
3: yeah
2: is that a real thing or is it bullshit no
4: it's a real well, thing well I
3: feel like shit and I'm not exercising and I'm watching all these games here in the middle of the night so it's just something yeah. to it
4: but you know what else helps too is is getting outside and getting your eyes exposed, like without sunglasses, um, to natural light, early morning light, and then light just before the sunset. Okay. Very important. Mm-hmm. Yeah.
2: Interesting. And that's
4: science. That's not like old wives' tale stuff. That's like scientifically proven.
2: Yeah, but science is there to be proven wrong, right? So oh, maybe a sample will prove it wrong. It. Um, anyway, happy birthday to the to, to the Walsh's, by the way a Nice little get to get there with Jim and Cindy and Brenda and Brandon. It was fun.
4: <laughs> Ian and Chris, okay. my dad and brother. Well, happy birthday, Ian else. and Chris. It's All
2: months. right, everyone. That's it. Dubs needs to get some sleep. Or something. <laughs> yeah, to I'm Ottawa. sorry for the giddiness. Oh, <laughs> <laughs> uh, Craig, what are you doing before we leave? Anything, many plans today?
3: i'm gonna get some exercise
1: it wasn't a loaded
2: question i was honestly
3: interested i'm gonna open my blinds that
1: he's gonna put, put his robe on and smoke his pipe
2: <laughs> Yeah, watch should go around the house terrifying the cats
3: i might feel better if i open my blinds there you go
2: all right, everyone, that's Footy Prime. Enjoy the Prem this weekend, everyone. Enjoy the Women's World Cup. We'll return on uh, Monday and uh, keep tabs on the broadcast. If you haven't listened to it, make sure you do. It's must listen podcast material, and they'll get back to it before the semi finals. You heard it here. We decided that early on the show. It's Footy Prime. Keep buying newspapers. Drive safe. Well done. Follow us on Twitter at Footy underscore prime and on Instagram at Footy Prime
3: IG.